Hello, everybody. We do podcasts sometimes. My name is Brandon. And I'm Sam. Uh, and today's today's podcast, we're going to talk about um, whoopsie doodles. We're going to talk about... Uh-ohs. That's my favorite cereal. We're going to talk about no-nos and oopsies. You know how people make mistakes? What? People make mistakes. And sometimes mistakes are good. Not me. Okay, well then, you, did you have, you've never had a mistake that ended up being good? Like, oops, I accidentally put salt in my caramel. And you're like, oh! <laughs> Spoilers, Brandon. No, that's not what this is about. This is just, uh, the list I have con- created right now. Is, so, mm-hmm. oh, we're back to cereals. Oops, all berries. No, no, no cereal this time. Oh, okay. That's all right. No, no oops, all doodle berries I had for you. one track mind. Uh, today is, uh, my personal top ten accidental scientific discoveries. Ooh. Yes, that's right. What makes it scientific? Uh, by virtue of, these are usually people who are trained, science, like, science people, uh, who then accidentally did something that wasn't intentional, but then ended up being better than the thing they were trying to do. Now, are these all brought to us by white men? No. Okay. Good. Then, then, uh, I'll stick around. Okay, well, let's start with number the number 10 here, which is a white man. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I hate those. The microwave. The microwave. The microwave, invented by uh, Percy L. Spencer in 1945. The only thing I know about the microwave is how it was featured in the Futurama episode. All is, all's well that, no, raw's well that ends well, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Area 51. And they have to use the microwave to get back to the present, which uh, is actually the year, like, 3000. I'm looking I'm looking through my notes, and it doesn't say anything in here about um, time-traveling properties of microwaves. Rats. Yeah. But here's what here's what happens. Uh, Her- Percy L. Spencer is, was uh, an engineer, right? Sure. And he was working... He uh, drove trains. Yeah, he went, choo-choo! <laughs> uh, no, he was working on uh, radar dishes... Uh, specifically the magnetrons inside of them, which were used to create the signals that they do. Um, one day when he was working on one, he had like a bar of chocolate in his pocket. Oh, yes. And then he noticed it started melting while he was working on this thing. I have heard this one. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of like the whole thing really is that he realized that the microwave thing melted the chocolate and he went, I wonder if this melts other stuff. I wonder if it heats up other stuff. Oh God. And then he started pointing at his stuff and then it happened. The microwave. Um, one time my friend's older brother was dicking around and he put like a bunch of CDs in the microwave Yep. and it was really cool. It's pretty cool. Half a grape. Pretty cool. Once I, when I was a kid, I accidentally put a burger that had foil wrapper on it in the microwave and that was pretty cool. Oh shit. We've all done that. My brother put a, um, God damn my brother. He put a flashlight in the microwave once. Why? And I... I'm pretty sure he ruined that one. And then he put, I don't know, he was, he was a precocious little scamp with a bowl cut. He's and, a scientist. And, exactly. And then he put this, uh, like, metal, I mean, it was metal. It was like a fire truck ornament or something. Yeah, of course. And he put that in the microwave. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure one of us has put, like, a foil-wrapped Taco Bell thing back in the microwave. It, it's going to happen to you. It's a natural thing. But the CDs was pretty cool. It was like lightning. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you ever want to erase data, put it in the microwave, turns out. Hey, wait. Yes. While we're on the topic of microwaves, I have a, um, a life hack for all of you out there. Life um, hacks. Because, like, what is worse than, like, cleaning microwaves? Nothing. Nothing. So here's my life hack. You get a bowl or a coffee mug or something. It doesn't matter. And you get, uh, you put some water in it. 
So then you put your vessel of water in the microwave and you microwave it for approximately three minutes. And all of the humidity and the boiled water loosens up all that caked on spaghetti sauce and ramen drippings. And it makes it really easy to clean your microwave. That is a life hack. Don't mind me. I'm making a note. There we go. So let's move on to the next thing in the list, shall we? Sure. All right. So number nine, top accidental discoveries. And this one's number nine because I don't like it. Saccharin, also known as artificial sweetener. Ooh, saccharin is one of my like favorite adjectives when you're trying to describe somebody as like falsely sweet. Sweet to taste saccharin. Because I'm hot. Ah, stick is sweet. Oh, I never knew what he was saying there. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) for reference, Brandon is singing Pour Some Sugar on Me. So they they have to reference the fake sugar. No, here, okay, so I need to say, it was Ira Remsen and Constantine Falberg who discovered this in 1879. All right, so keep in mind, what's the rule number one? Okay, you took a chemistry class, yes? Uh, I mean, like, I was there in the class, yes. Did I learn anything? No. Let's let's pretend uh, instead you've been cutting peppers. What's rule number one after you finish cutting peppers before you do anything? Uh, I throw away my gloves. Because you wore gloves. I wore gloves because when that shit gets under your fingernails, (sighs) it's like fire. So in 1879, they didn't have gloves yet. Okay, so then they would wash their hands. Yeah, they should have. But they didn't. They didn't. Uh, I So, Fallberg is the one who's most notable here. They were working in a lab in John Hopkins University, mm-hmm. and they just took a break to eat, didn't wash their hands. And they noticed, huh, my sandwich is a lot sweeter than usual. Now, for the record, what they were doing were they were mixing tar with ammonia. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and a couple of other things. But, like, you know, things that if you ate them on their own would just kill you. Yeah, but let's... Uh... But mix them together... It's a, oh, it's a, it's a little bit sweet, my it's sandwich. It's a little bit sweeter than usual. It's sure. a little bit sweet, but there's no calories. <laughs> so, yeah, they published this finding together, Remsen and Fallberg. Uh, but Fallberg was the one who did the patent. And it led to a long-standing, like, uh, feud with them because, like, Fallberg got all the money, got the rates to make the stuff, and he edged out Ramson completely. So awkward. Yeah, so Ramson eventually, like, every time anyone would ask Ramson about this in the future, he would just go out and call, like, uh, Fallberg, like, a scoundrel, and it disgusts me to hear my name alongside him. He'd be like, sweet no. Yes, sweet and no. Blend not. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's all I have to talk about that. How do you feel about artificial sweetener? Uh, personally, I hate it. I I guess I kind of more or less grew up with Splenda. So if I had to choose one to go with, I would go with Splenda. But again, life hack people. Um, it's like that shit's not good for you. Like aspartame is like I just not hate it. good for you. And it, if you're trying to lose weight by switching to those false sweeteners, uh you'll actually end up gaining weight in the long run. So don't do it. So don't do it. And also it tastes like shit. Just treat yourself. Treat yourself. All right. I mean, like, don't go overboard. Yeah, don't. Treat yourself to like a teaspoon of sugar, maybe. Because it's like crack. Number seven. Number seven. Slinky. It's a slinky. It's a sl- I don't remember the I think Slinky, I th- slinky. Everyone wants a slinky. I song. only know the, uh, it's log, it's log. It's the same song. It, yeah. Um, I actually, I, I think I know this one. Okay. So Richard James in 1943, he was a Navy engineer and he was just, he was on a boat as you are as a Navy engineer. And he's just like, all this shit on this boat just keeps moving around. I wish it wouldn't so much. 
So he tried to make like a spring system, but like one of the prototypes, he was like working on his desk and he accidentally bumped it and then he watched how it fell to the ground. Cause you know how slinkies do. They're like, slink. And he looked at it and he went, okay, this is useless, but what if we sold it as a toy? Well, that's not how I thought the story went. No, that's how it went. He accidentally dropped it on the floor and he's just like, this seems fun. And then he started selling it as a toy. Well, it was, it was, it was a piece of like awful, wasn't it? No. From, it wasn't, it wasn't like just scrap metal that happened to be sheared no. into a spiral. No, this is, this was a deliberate creation. Oh. They didn't work, but I mean, it was deliberate at least. Uh, I think I did hear about that, the stabilization thing though, that, that they tried to, I think I heard it in a Sawbones episode. They, I mean, it makes sense. They tried to suspend a room on a ship in springs so that people wouldn't get sick or they wouldn't get the bends or something like that. You don't get, you usually, you usually don't get bends from that, but I'm here to listen, not to learn. I'm here to read, not to lead. Uh, but yeah, that's slinkies. How do you feel about slinkies? I kind of think they're, they're fun for about five minutes. I really like them. I like the way they, like, I, I like them. Do you like the way they slink? I like the noise they make. Slink. I See, I grew up without stairs, so, oh. like, all my slinky fun I just had to, like, do in my hand and then hope to God it didn't get tangled up. Um, but I do prefer the metal to the the plastic slinkies. But the plastic ones have got, like, that cool rainbow effect that goes on. Yeah, that's you fun. Know. But the plastic ones just get tangled. It suck. They, it's a good toy. I mean, like, if I had a child, I would at least buy them a Slinky once in their life. So they can ruin it. Here you go. Now, now you understand how the world works. All right. Now we can continue down our list. That's turn nine, eight. I forgot the number of these. Seven. Play-Doh. Made by Kutol Products in 1955. Oh, I was wondering if Play-Doh was going to make this list. Do you know what Play-Doh started out as? Oh, God. Um, some sort of edible fun time product? No, it was a cleaner. It was supposed to remove charcoal from, like, wallpaper without pulling out the wallpaper. Or coal. Coal specifically, because, like, people had fireplaces and stuff, and it would stain the wallpaper. So they had, like, it was a putty, and it came with a cleaner, and then you put the putty in the cleaner, and you put it on the wall. But uh, they found out pretty quickly that kids were, like, not using the cleaner part. Like, it's okay, think about, like, slime now. Kids were, like, buying up <laughs> this cleaner that was a Kroger product originally, and uh, just taking out the putty part and then making it model... Like, models out of it. You know, my dad had some shit laying around when I was a kid. Uh, some sort of wall putty or something like that. And I did the same thing. Like, I'm sure I got, like, asbestos cancer from it. But, like, yeah. I remember playing with that. Um, no, Play-Doh, but this is pretty innocent. It sounds like, Play- it, like Play-Doh started as, like, that, that putty that you put on your keyboard to, like, absorb all of the dust and, like, Dorito yeah, yeah, crumbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mostly Dorito crumbs. But then, you know, you make a shitty horse out of it or... Or something. So, I, I love the way that Play-Doh smells, though. I tell you well, what. Well, did you know that the way that's not the way Play-Doh originally smelled? They add this. They, <laughs> they added scent. Dude. They added scent and color later, a year later, when they started selling it as a kid's toy. And it's the greatest kid's toy. Again, like, I would buy... I, I think I've got... I've bought Play-Doh for all of our nieces and nephews. It's fantastic. And... It's, it's a great toy. And it's only, like, a dollar a can, you guys. Come on. Go buy Come some on. Play-Doh. My uh, favorite was the... Uh, did you... You uh, did. I, I hope you had the one. It was like the, the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. You could the crazy hair factory or whatever. Yeah, or and then the one where. The one yeah, the noodle one where you could. It's the same idea, but a different thing. But like the of. only one that like really truly worked was the really, long spaghetti type ones. Like yeah, the yeah. star shaped one. Like fuck that. Yeah, no, that one wasn't working. How about this one? This is my number six. Super glue made by Harry Coover in 1942. Do you know what Super Glue originally started out trying to be? Oh, I think I can guess. Um, 
uh, like liquid stitches. No. Oh. That's what we use it like now, like if you're in the South Pole. Oh. No, what originally we were trying to do, uh, Harry Coover was kind of hired by a company to try to make a plastic that could be used inside of a gun sight. They What's wanted... a gun sight? So uh, the part of the gun you look at to see where the gun is pointing. So it's like usually it's like a little dot that light shines through. Yeah, you don't know nothing God, about who guns. who fucking cares? Here's the thing. Because it was 1942. The war. We weren't in the war yet. But that's what they were making it for. But we weren't in the war. They were making it for... That's what I, everything I ever read said they were making it for the war. All right, all right. I don't know if they were making it for other people or what. But that's Fucking beside the point. super glue gate. That's beside the point. Because he was trying to make it as a gun sight, realized he made something that was sticky and useless as a plastic, and he went, this is garbage, and then he th forgot about it for five years. And in that time, it bonded. No. Oh. No, it's just five years later, he was working on an aeronautics thing, and he went, huh. We need to make two things. <laughs> oh, he accidentally rerun it, ran into it again <laughs> when he was trying to make a different plastic. But when, oh, it makes things stick together, though. It works good for this. Okay, if you ever get that shit on your hands, apparently, like, don't, don't try to wash it off because the water makes it worse. Uh -huh. And then also, um, thank God for glue because once I think I was like eight and I needed to do some shitty school project and I was tearing up our house looking for any kind of adhesive. And, like, n there was nothing. And I tried to use melted butter, you guys. I tried to use butter. Oh, Sam. Because I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe this will work. Oh, child Sam. <laughs> Here's the thing. 1942, this is when it's discovered. He doesn't actually start selling it commercially until 1958, when cyanoacrylate was finally sold under the name Eastman Number 910. Yeah, I'm glad they shortened it to super glue. Yeah, no, I mean, eventually people were just calling it super glue, and that's what happened. Um, do you happen to know what it's, like, what the fuck is it made of? Uh, cyano and acrylate. Like cyanide? I, I have no idea. It's, well, acrylate it's, is plastic. It's a, it's a chemical. It's cyanide it's, plastic. It's everybody. cyanide plastic, everybody. Maybe. It, maybe he made it out of almonds. I don't know. I'm not a science. Cyanide. I am a bit of almonds. a scientist, but I'm not that kind of scientist. I'm like a... Never mind. I'll you're, my... you're, you're a biontist. Right, well, was, I'm going to keep my comments to myself. Number five, Teflon, made by Roy Plunkett in 1938. Wait, who? Roy Plunkett. Oh, Teflon. That is uh, the stuff that protects your frying pan. But if you accidentally don't take care of your frying pan and it starts to flake up and gets in your food, you um, will you'll get cancer and die. Yeah, you'll just die instantly. Right. You'll explode like Mega Man. It's like, are, have you or a loved one uh, used a fucking frying pan and got those black <laughs> flakes? That ain't pepper. Call the associates at, at Gold... Gold Bond. Gold, Goldberg and Eagle or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, but okay. So Roy 1-800-THE-EAGLE. Roy was a, a chemist. And he was trying to make, drum roll, a new type of CFC. You know, the stuff that we hate now. But he accidentally put it... Well, he didn't accidentally. He put it in the fridge as a test because it's a gas. It was originally, a, it starts out as a gas, you cool it down, and then it turns into this, like, white, flaky powder. Wait. Yeah. What are we learning about? Teflon. Oh, Teflon. <laughs> and he was fucking around with CFCs? Yes, that's what he was trying to do. It's just an accident. All these are accidents. Maybe he needs to go back to chemistry school, because I don't know how that happened. But he found out that the flakes that came from that were a really good lubricant. For... Anything. Like, they were not sticky. They had a very, very oh. high boiling point. Oh, that kind of lubricant. No, don't use it for that. 
<laughs> Unless you want it to be permanent. For uh, <laughs> loosening up your door hinges, huh? Forever. <laughs> uh, but originally it was only a military thing, 1938. Uh, and then later it finally got its, made its way into civilian applications, like the pots and pans we use today. Uh, I don't mean to sound stupid, but do we still use Teflon? Yeah, it's a different formula, but I mean, it's... It's still used to this day. But, like, if you if you use a fork in your frying pan, like, are you still going to die? Maybe. A horrible death? Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I like those odds. I scratched my Teflon pan and I got into a car accident. Um, all right, number four. Everyone loves this one. Velcro! Made by Georges de Minstral. He's a Swiss engineer. In 1941. Yeah, see, I'm going to argue that this one wasn't on accident, but tell but it, me more. Okay, but I mean, it was it was mostly accidental because the discovery itself was, I mean, everybody knows the story, right? Dude was out walking his dog, dog got burrs in its fur, the guy was like, oh, I hate these burrs, but wait, what if I made the burrs? And made the other part fuzzy like my dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I don't know that that's so much of an accident because you know that, like, when... In old-timey, like, sheep times uh-huh. and cotton times. In, in sheep times. They would use, like, those burrs, but the giant ones, mm-hmm. to, like, comb the cotton and the wool. Yep. So, like, nature invented that shit. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah, maybe. Here's the thing. He he made this, this air quotes discovery in 1941, and then it took him 14 years. It didn't, not until 1955 where he had it down enough to sell it. And now we use it on Barbie clothes. Did you know? That, Thanks, Roy. Did you know Velcro is a portmanteau? Ooh, ooh. It's, I, it's French. Can... It's for French. Oh, it's, a French, it's French. Okay. Velour for velvet and crochet for hook. Oh my God, mind blown. Yeah, it's the velvet hook. Velour croquet. Wait, not croquet. What was it? Crochet. Crochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. My French accent leaves a lot to be desired. No, you're a real. Um, Frog? No, what's that candlestick's name? Lumiere? Yeah, you're that guy. Good job. Oh. I'm not going to make you a dinner. I will make you a robe out of Velcro. This one I, I, I almost regret putting on the list, but I liked it a lot. So, fireworks is our number three. Oh, yeah, shit. I learned about this in, like, in uh, six, Mulan. Somewhere between 600 and 900. Did you learn about the creation of fireworks from Mulan? Yeah, sure did. That doesn't make sense. It's the wrong time frame. Maybe. All right, so the uh, it's actually unknown. It's actually it's actually unknown who invented fireworks. But 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 hear me out. It's an ancient There's Chinese a, secret. Everybody is, knows that. It's not an ancient Chinese. Secret. <laughs> I mean, it did come from China. Uh, but there's two there's two schools of thought. One school of thought is that somebody was trying. There was a, an alchemist who was trying to make. You know, elixirs, as you do. As one does. And, you know, they were mixing, like, saltpeter and, you know, sulfur, and then suddenly it exploded. (laughs) (laughs) And their apprentice was like, I ain't getting paid enough for this shit. I'm going to sell this. (laughs) Uh, The other theory is that, you know, somebody who was, like, a cook or something added a little bit of, you know, uh, stuff to their flame, uh, just trying to mess around with stuff, and then, you know, like, oh, it's pretty colors now. Uh, Regardless of who invented it regardless right they did lack the sufficient uh, technology at that time to uh okay uh <laughs> damn it sam <laughs> i'm not allowed to write a note to myself i don't have a pencil laying around <laughs> derailed my brain uh regardless who made it they did you know change the world 
after that point because fireworks, gunpowder, gunpowder, guns. Disneyland, Disneyland. right? Disneyland, right? Uh, but yeah, like they started throwing it in bamboo tubes originally and, you know, just shooting them off and, you know, it turned into a whole thing after that. Oh, dang. I didn't even think about using bamboo. Oh, bamboo. The old bamboo shoots into the sky. The old bamboo. That's that. It's like the perfect launcher for it. It really is. Um, my dad once, fucking dumbass, we were in Mexico and he bought like a Roman candle and he was setting it off, but he set it off like a stupid idiot. <laughs> like... It, like, landed at me and my siblings and, and somebody, I'm not sure who it was, my mom probably, like, had to, like, action dive in front of us, like, no, to prevent this firework from Get down, Mr. President. exploding on us. So, I just think that, like, regular, everyday people, um, especially when alcohol's involved, like, probably shouldn't, fireworks should kind of be regulated, okay? Okay. How about my number two? What about your number two? Anesthesia. Sometime Ooh. in the early 1800s. Ooh, okay, but is this is this the modern day anesthetic or is this like ether? Well, funny you should say that. Did you know that <laughs> ether is a modern day anesthetic? I did. I knew it was in countries where but anesthetic is like not available. This, this, I'm I'm interpreting this as when it was discovered and used as anesthetic, rather, and not just ether, nitrous oxide. Okay, so a uh, uh, funny time feel-good gas yeah, yeah. that you would administer to somebody before chopping off a limb. No, say. they didn't do that yet. Oh. In the 1800s, people loved ether and nitrous oxide. Loved it. The English people couldn't get enough of this stuff. Well, yeah, they'd get high on it. They would have ether frolics and laughing parties. <laughs> I want to do an ether frolic. Yeah, so, like, you know, people would get high and just, like, hang out, and it was a good time oh for God. everybody. That but sounds so great. There were scientists and the people who observed around that time that people who were doing those parties were, like, <laughs> immune to pain. <laughs> they were too busy having a good time. So, uh, Horace Wells and Charles Jackson are the two people, the two big ones, who went... Okay, wait a minute. I'm gonna do use some ether, <laughs> and then then we're gonna write this down. And they're the ones who are largely uh, attributed to the discovery of using uh, anesthetics before surgery. So they're the people who got it so that you would do that and then get a limb chipped off, and not just for funsies. Well, the more you know. The more you know. I have no nothing else really to say about ether. I've never. I mean, I technically have used nitrous oxide because I went to the dentist. Did you know? Did you know that Horace Wells was a dentist? And that's the guy, that was the guy who did nitrous oxide? Yeah, anyway. No, but was the other dude a doctor? Because there's like a whole rivalry between like dentists and doctors. They hate each other. They do. The, the dentists are like, okay, eat a doctor. No, wait. <laughs> Don't eat a doctor. Eat an apple. Doctor gets scared. Doctors like eat some candy. Dentists hate you. That's like a common Let, let's saying. Let's workshop that one. <laughs> okay, let me try again. You eat a, you eat a doctor. No, there's, there's a long-standing history of why they don't like each other, okay? And why their their practices don't overlap in any sort of Venn diagram. Doctors know nothing about teeth. It's weird. I mean, they know that you have them. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> what are these bones? <laughs> why are they in your mouth? Okay, number one. Let's do this. Night yeah. number one. Everyone loves it. It's Penicillin, 1928 by Alexander Fleming. Did you know that there's misconceptions about how penicillin was invented? Are you going to tell me that the messy lab story is not how it happened? No, I mean, there was a messy lab involved. I mean, but it's only 
consequence. It's not as messy as you would think. It's not like he left a well, sandwich out back and was no, like, it oh, was, uh, my bread! Weren't they, wasn't he trying to um, get a, a grasp on, like, tuberculosis? He was uh, studying a bunch of different bacteria. I thought it was TB that was, like, the big one, but I know that he had, like, a shit ton of Petri dishes out. Yep. And he was, like, stymied, but nope. he... Yeah, it was because he all he was doing was like eating a sandwich or his, his his pastry and making a big old mess, and then some of the uh, bread or whatever crumbs got into the dish. This is all. But lies. then that dish like was resistant to the. That's all lies. That's all lies. Bullshit. He okay. He was working at St Mary's Hospital in London. He had taken a two week vacation as you do in Europe. Yes, and it got all moldy. He left a window open in the lab. He had only petri dishes. But he left a window open in the lab. He came back after two weeks. He noticed one of the seals on one of the petri dishes wasn't tight. That petri dish had Staphyloco... Oh, help me out here. Staphyloki. Staphyloki? Staphylococci. That sounds about right. But, you know, blue-green mold from the window came in, blew in naturally, and settled inside of it. And he would also noticed that all the bacteria around the part that got contaminated was dead. No, dude, like, he definitely had a sandwich involved. There's no sandwich involved. I just did all this research. Yeah, on what? Like... Multiple sites. Like penicillin.com or something? Penicillin.com. He did it very deliberately. <laughs> now, trust me, I betted this. Like, I was mad, too, because I was sitting there like, penicillin sandwich? Question mark into Google, and Google's like, nah, brah. No sandwich. No bread. Although, penicillin does grow on bread mold, and people knew about penicillin before... Uh, Fleming did his thing. They just didn't know how to mass produce it. I don't think it's that they knew that. They just got lucky and were like, oh, there's some sort of... Because I know that they used to, like, use moldy bread in mm -hmm. wounds. Yep, yep, yep. So, but they didn't They didn't know it was penicillin. They were just like, oh, this moldy-ass bread, like, happens to make my arm not gangrenous. No, the scientists at that time knew about penicillin abstractly. They just, again, like... It's not as easy as just get mold on bread, penicillin happens. Oh, because I thought it was that easy. Thank no, you for clearing not. that up for me. No, it took until this moment where Alexander Fleming like noted the interactions between the specific type of mold and the specific type of bacteria and went, oh, okay, and then he started being able to mass produce it. What was his name? Alexander Fleming. Is he related to the same Fleming that like had the elixir of life? The uh, Probably not. Was that Nicholas... Here's my funny story. I think that was Flamel. Never mind. Let me Sorry. tell you the, the story here about Alexander Fleming, though. This is the story right. of Alexander Fleming. So Alexander Fleming, 1928. Very exciting development. He has invented something that just kills bacteria, and he did testing. Completely safe to eat. Like, people can take it. And it's fine. How He is such a bad scholar. He's so bad at talking that he submits a paper in, like, 1930 about the thing, and nobody gives a fuck. It's like, it takes more than 20 years before anyone finally notices that the penicillin stuff happened and they're like, oh, we should use this. Um, I think there was like a couple wars going on during that time that kind of like, I don't know, like the Great Depression. No, so. Oh, wait, what year was this? 1928. Yeah, dude, come on. September. London. It doesn't matter. It was a global depression. <laughs> they had other <laughs> shit to worry wonder. about. <laughs> okay, but like, okay, here's the thing. It is well cited. Multiple people saying that if Alexander Fleming had been hard, a better speaker, public speaker, pushed it harder, the development of penicillin as a thing that was mass-produced would have happened 10 years earlier. That is something that historians agree on. He sucked. 
He was a good scientist who discovered a thing by accident, but he sucked well, at yeah, showing it off. Yeah, because he was a sloppy boy who left his <laughs> sandwich crumbs all over no, his workbench for two weeks. This is no, no sandwich crumbs were involved in this. Yes, it was. I'm a scientist. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, Sam, I know that you were saying some things that didn't make my list. I had to do a lot of research to get my bit, but you know about a couple of things that were accidental discoveries? I did. I did know about penicillin being an accident. Um, and then mm-hmm. you're going to have to cut this part out. I can't remember the other one that I mentioned. Pottery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. No, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. I was going to okay. save it. Well, no, just take it out. Whatever. <laughs> it's not that easy. And go. So, many of you might have learned in your freshman art class that ceramics were an accidental discovery. Now, I'm going to be using a lot of really vague pronouns like they and them. I don't really know who they and them were. Just some old-timey-ass people, okay? So, uh, way back when, uh, people, humans, early humans, Human beings. Would... They were skilled in making baskets to carry around like maize and human baskets and potatoes and whatever else babies. So at some point they took clay, which you can just like dig and there's fucking clay in the earth. Um, They put clay in the insides of these baskets because it helps them be waterproof. So at some point, some person was like, I don't know, wearing a lampshade on their head, carrying a basket, and just completely lost track of what they were doing. And they dropped the basket in the fire. Oh, no! And they're like, oh, shit. So he drops his basket of maize, and not only does he invent popcorn. That's not true. Yeah. (laughs) But um, the wicker basket burns, and then what's left behind is... uh, clay that has been exposed to high temperatures, and it turned into pottery ceramics and then they were like well we're sure glad steve made that mistake because thanks butterfingers check this shit out and then thus pottery was born i learned something thank you yeah i i did too when i was like 13 years old but it's always stuck with me because it's so (laughs) it's so brilliantly simple like oh that's way easier than uh fireworks um the other one that i know about is uh tea actually So, there was an emperor, I think. Oh my god, don't quote me. There was an emperor emperor. in uh, China, asterisk, and he was very particular about the way that he consumed water, which was leaps and bounds ahead of his time anyway, but he was, this, this emperor was like, I only drink boiled water. And so he was on some journey from, I don't know, A to Z, A to B, China, whatever. He's traveling. And they stop and make camp and, you know, the emperor's got to have his boiled water. And at some point, like the tea, some tea leaves, like from a bush, I assume tea grows in bushes. Tea tree. Kind of like. Oil. Kind of like sprinkled into his boiling water and thus tea was born. And he was like, this shit is great. So I know about uh, pottery and tea, Brandon. Thank you. Those are both good ones. I had something I was thinking of and then I forgot it. Isn't that the isn't that the curse of the human mind? I'm trying to think of things that I've accidentally invented. Like, oh yeah, you made an accidental uh, invention. Well, yeah, I did invent peanut butter. No, I invented <laughs> I invented eating chips on sandwiches 
like I started that cultural revolution in Arizona. All oh, right? I remember mine, but it's hard to cite. What? Beer was apparently an accidental invention originally. Like the running theory is that people just kind of like they would store their grain somewhere. But then one day like water got into the barrel or whatever and it was sitting like in storage for a long time. And they came back and it's like, what is this delicious cloudy beverage that makes me silly? No, it, I mean, it, there was a beverage in there and <laughs> it didn't make them silly. It probably wasn't delicious, but it did turn into a whole thing. Um, Vinegar is an accidental invention. Oopsie doozy. I left my wine out too long. The Brandon story. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had it happen one time where a bottle of red wine turned into vinegar and it was, uh, I, uh, I mean, like as a 19 year old who was really like wanting to drink that wine, I was pretty pissed off. But Yeah, I could see being disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay, viewers. I, I think I might be it. Listeners. Viewers. What the fuck? Um, if you're watching this if podcast. If you're watching this podcast. You have taken something and you are suffering from. <laughs> something ain't right. Um, we want to thank all of our listeners, namely my mom. Um, mom, you, thank you for listening. Every, thank I, I you know for it's been all a while, of your support. But, um, god damn, my mom's been riding her asses about getting this podcast up. Uh, so, th- th- mom, this one's for you. I, I double tapped my chest and then I did a kiss and then I pointed my two fingers out. So and then the orchestra started playing. Near so, that's Celine Dion, not the orchestra. I'm going to orchestra you out of here. I'm going to be orchestrated. Well, um, until our next list. Yes. I'm Sam. I'm Brandon still. And keep on listening. 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 You get it? You get it. You get it. That's my joke, you bastard. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Goodbye, buddy. Bye. <laughs>